0: Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Cohen, and on today's episode, I have Dr. James McCarter. Dr. McCarter is an MD and PhD who is the Head of Research for Virta Health and is an Adjunct Professor of Genetics at Washington University School of Medicine. He is also an experienced biotech entrepreneur and a keen quantified self-follower. Jim, thanks so much for coming on to the show today.
0: Gary, glad to be here.
1: So my main sort of topic i want to talk to you about today because there's so many things we can talk about um, especially with your history and the quantified self and the biotech and um, now with verta health and but it's more the verta health i want to talk about today and really the question is do online diabetes prevention and reversal programs work so if you could just explain to the listeners what
0: is verta health sure so Verta Health has established the first online diabetes reversal clinic. And so the treatment we provide involves five things. So it's telemedicine support from a physician. It's online nutrition and behavior change education. It's access to a health coach who's trained in, um, nutrition and behavioral support. It's biometric feedback and as well as an online community. And so, by providing in, entirely in a remote setting that wraparound intervention, we've shown in a clinical trial that we can reverse the effects of type 2 diabetes.
1: Yeah. So, it's that there's a lot going on there, that a lot of support structures, it sounds like. You know, it's not just one person, it's um, a physician and a separate health coach. So, there's two different people involved in that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, we find that the, Thing that's really important with asking someone to make a major behavioral change is to provide that adequate support. And so the different features provide, you know, different things. And so let's talk about kind of what the doctor does and, and what the health coach does. So mm-hmm. the, the doctor, um, we have internal medicine and endocrinology doctors that are licensed in all 50 states in the United States. They're Verta employees and they have Long experience with what we do, particularly in the area of um, diabetes medication management and in nutritional ketosis, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, over the course of the interview. And and so our doctors are really experienced in in this process of titrating medications as people make uh, nutrition and behavior changes. And so the physicians are doing uh, a history um, early in the process through telemedicine. And so they're establishing that connection with the patient, they know any uh, idiosyncrasies or comorbidities that they're that they're challenged with in terms of their health. And then they can check in every, usually every couple of months to see how the patient is doing. Now, the health coach has really the day-to-day contact. And so that's largely done using an app interface that allows text messaging uh, between the health coach and the patient. And they'll occasionally jump on the phone if needed. They do a call early and, and then they can do, you know, a call every couple of weeks if they need, need to. But most of their interaction is, is through texting. And that actually is pretty heavy, especially in the early parts of, of the, the treatment. It can be, um, it averages about twice a day, uh, between the, the health coach and, and the patient.
1: Wow. So that, that's is a nice thing here. What I'm hearing is that it's kind of like what, even people listening to the show will do is that they'll be listening to information and then deciding if they should or shouldn't do something. And especially when it comes to changing diet and trying to make their metabolism healthier and not get to, um, to reduce the risk or manage their diabetes better. And in this case, the benefit they're getting from Virta is that they get the medical oversight component to this so they get that that medical care but then they're they're getting that daily support for someone to go you're, you're making the right decision or you know i know you're struggling with this today this is what we recommend that kind of daily support to to as you said to create that behavioral
0: change right and so it can be things like factual information like um you know nutrition information in terms of understanding ingredients or, or restaurant menus or things like that where you know, I'm going out for dinner this evening. Can, can you help me in, in terms of, um, what I might select off the menu? It can be as basic as that. Uh, it's, uh, it's emotional support. It's knowing that somebody's there who's going to consistently, uh, be caring for you. And whether you have a good day or a bad day, whether you, um, you know, fall off track or are staying on track and doing really well, you have somebody there who, who always, um, can be supportive of you. And then also the, the health coach is the conduit for, flow of information with with the physician so when there's a change to a medication the the health coach acts as the communicator uh between the physician and, and the patient to to titrate medications
1: okay so because that is another goal of the of the company i guess is that you're trying to reduce the unnecessary use of diabetic medication to to tear people off to wean them off if, if they can
0: yeah, so there're many benefits of of getting off medications. First is just you shouldn't be using a medication if it's not needed. And and so, you know, if there's no longer the need for a glycemic control med, then there's really no sort of justification in continuing it. But the the benefits are are, are many. First is is avoiding hypoglycemic events. Particularly insulin and sulfonylureas can cause people to bottom out in terms of their their blood sugar, which can be dangerous. And so just removing medications of concern like that is, is a you know tremendous benefit to to a patient. You're removing any chance of adverse events or side effects from the medication and and then you're um helping out tremendously in terms of cost, both for the patient as well as for the payer that might be an insurance company or an employer. But many patients will tell us you know the the out of the out of pocket cost for my medication were're running over thousand dollars a month and so you know, it can come down to paying bills for the household versus acquiring the medication. And so being able to eliminate those costly medications is tremendously helpful to people.
1: Wow. So, um, in the U S if you're diabetic, your out of pocket cost could be a thousand dollars just for the medication side of things.
0: Yeah. It, it varies depending on the severity of the diabetes and the degree of, you know, medication and, but the branded insulins can be quite expensive. Um, mm. Uh, also branded GLP one and SGLT two. You know those those medications can be quite costly. So we find that for patients who are heavily medicated for their diabetes, the cost of their medications can average about five thousand dollars a year, and and we can on average um, eliminate about three thousand of that um, on the population as a whole, um, and and that's based on our clinical trial results. The it, but there are outliers who have these enormous bills of, you know, over $12,000 a year uh, on medications. Um, and and, and it, depending on how their health care is structured, a lot of that can be out of pocket.
1: Yes, it, that's just another side I don't particularly think of. You know, when you think you're diabetic management it's more from a i don't want to lose my toes or get other complications but just i guess i guess the immediate effect that most people will start feeling is in their pocket is the loss of money going wow this is expensive this health condition
0: yeah there's a great anecdote on that um mike halley is is one of our patients um out um uh not not in the clinical trial but one of our commercial patients and he tells that story in an interview with rock health so if you just search for you know rock health and Verda, you'll find mike's story and but he's one of those people who had that uh, enormous medication cost and enormous uh, medication savings that that accrued to him as he had success
1: mm. so we've been talking about uh, people who are using the service are they referred to as patients or clients in this case
0: uh we use the term patients and uh you know in, in terms of reflecting the, the medical nature of, of what we do
1: mm-hmm. and is it only based in uh, is it only for u s based people um, or could anyone from around the world access
0: the, the system right now it's the United States, so we've if you go on the Verda website you'll see that we have laid out an ambitious goal incredibly ambitious goal of reversing type two diabetes in one hundred million people by the year two thousand and twenty five and so of course that will involve an international effort um eventually uh there are about 400 million people with type 2 diabetes worldwide about 30 million in the united states um and but for now we're focused on getting the you know intervention proven which we've done showing that it works commercially in the united states and and then eventually we'll be able to expand beyond the united states
1: and so this is only for type 2 diabetic um patients at the moment who have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes
0: yeah so what we do with with folks and there, there are a couple way in w- ways in which people come to us but we do work with people with um, uh, type 2 diabetes with pre-diabetes as well as obesity and metabolic syndrome and what we see in terms of the benefits for folks on Verda is is not only a benefit in terms of improvement in their symptoms of type 2 diabetes but also Improvement in their cardiometabolic risk factors, uh, improvement in markers for fatty liver. And so we have a a paper in press on the cardiovascular, uh, outcomes with the VERTA trial. And we've submitted a paper on the fatty liver, um, uh, outcomes of of the trial as well. So there are these benefits that, you know, as you know, with metabolic syndrome, a lot of these things kind of travel together. Mm -hmm. And, and so we don't restrict ourselves to just treating people with type two diabetes, although that is, you know, kind of our flagship. Um, outcome and, and, and focus. Um, okay. Yeah. So
1: well, I think that's good for people to hear because they might think, well, oh, I haven't been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, so maybe I can't benefit from it, but it sounds great to have all this care. But you're saying if you are concerned that you have some sort of met- metabolic issue syndrome that they could contact the, contact Verta?
0: Yeah, p- please, please do. Uh, that we at, at uh, dot com, you'll see links for, uh, a direct patient or direct consumer uh, offering, and you can just sign up and fill in that form. It'll result in a call with an intake specialist who will walk you through whether or not you qualify for the Verta Clinic, um, and then uh, it'll sort of take you on from there in terms of explaining the the offering. The other thing we're doing, and where most of our patients actually come from, are through employers, and for. Fortune 500 companies and other large institutions in the U.S., um, they're responsible for about half the medical care cost in the United States, the other half being, you know, largely, largely government. Uh, and so for those employers that are large enough, they will self-insure and they will be responsible for their own risk pool rather than using an insurance company, uh, as the, as the, uh, risk provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that employer, and we've announced relationships with Purdue University and with Nielsen, the analytics company. We have many others that are not yet announced, uh, that we've begun. And those employers are on the line for the full cost of everyone in their employee and in their benefit school with type 2 diabetes, which can be, you know, $12,000 a year or more versus if they can remove those diabetes-associated costs, they can, you know, substantially reduce their healthcare spend. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's where most of our patients come from, is okay. through those employer relationships.
1: So have you contacted PepsiCo and Coca-Cola yet?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's a great question in terms of how not only Verta Health, but this whole kind of movement, and I'm sure we'll get into this more of demonstrating that type two diabetes and diseases associated with insulin resistance are reversible, mm-hmm. and w- the largest tool we have in terms of reversing those diseases is a reduction in carbohydrate insulin, uh, intake, particularly uh, refined carbohydrates um, like uh, processed foods, starches, um, and, and sugars. And I think you're seeing this already in terms of the um, food and beverage industry. You know, re- there's a uh, already underway a reduction in the consumption uh, of sugar um sugary beverages and and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how um innovative do these companies want to be that are perhaps on the wrong side of this issue um are are they going to be innovative in terms of looking at opportunities like verda to improve the health of their employees or will they drag their feet and be late adopters i think it's you know it's too early to say but um My suspicion is that um, one or more of these companies that perhaps are uh, associated with, you know, some of these products that um, we're we're showing are not the best for consumers, that they'll eventually come around.
1: Mm. Well, money dictates things at the end of the day. So if they see a substantial saving for the company, you know, uh, I'm sure that would be a major driving factor for them. Yeah. 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 So. I guess if I, if we haven't explained yet um to listeners uh we've already been talking about health and modifying health for diabetes but people're going to ask now so what is the diet that Virta will put me on is it a specific kind of diet is it classified as something
0: yeah so what we use is is a a, a vehicle a nutritional vehicle called nutritional ketosis and I know you've talked with other guests ab- about uh this this issue uh, on on your podcast but just to kind of um Break it down for people. One way to think about, uh, about diseases of insulin resistance are that with the typical American diet and typical Western diet, we find ourselves on a glucose insulin roller coaster. We eat high carbohydrate meals, meaning that over half of our calories typically come from rapidly digestible uh, carbohydrates. And so what that leads to is a sudden spike in glucose in the blood. And then the pancreas secretes insulin in response. So, um, you know, the role of insulin is to get the glucose out of the bloodstream, either into muscle or other, um, lean tissue for energy or to get it into, into adipose tissue into fat storage. And, and so you get this, um, glucose spike after a meal, followed by an insulin spike to respond. And then the glucose will bottom out and you get in this insulin, glucose insulin roller coaster, uh, and what that tends to lead to is to, um, you know, hunger and cravings so that you find yourself perhaps an hour after breakfast being, being hungry again after having something like, uh, toast and a, a banana. And so if you can reduce the carbohydrate in your meals, the first effect that that has is that instead of having this, uh, high glucose insulin roller coaster, um, that you can level that out somewhat and, uh, re- resulting in reduced hunger and, and cravings, um, and um, reduction in the impact of insulin resistance. So so that's kind of the quick answer. There, there's a lot more going on um, biochemically. And the reason it's called nutritional ketosis is that instead of relying on only or largely on carbohydrates as your fuel source, by redu- reducing the carbohydrates in the meal, you're shifting to a reliance on fat. And those fatty acids can be coming either from the diet, from fat in the meal, or in especially in the early stages of when someone is is obese and is coming to us and is uh, interested in weight loss, that can be coming from body fat uh, stores as well. So those fatty acids, either from uh, diet or body fat stores, get used for energy throughout the body, but they also are converted in the liver into smaller chain molecules called ketones, so beta-hydroxybutyrate and acetoacetate. And those can be used um, as a fuel source as well, um, particularly by the brain, since fatty acids don't cross the blood-brain barrier. It's really the ketones that become the alternative fuel to glucose uh, for fueling the brain. And and so that's why we call it uh, nutritional ketosis.
1: Okay. And so it does sound like uh, that you're able to help coach people into a sort of a medically approved or monitored low carbohydrate ketogenic diet for both weight loss and weight management, but then general metabolic health is what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we see actually these benefits across the board when, when we do this. So not only do we see weight loss and improvement in glycemic status, so reduction in Glucose, fasting glucose, reduction in hemoglobin A1C, um, actual reduction in, in insulin. Um, but that other factors are changing as well. So dyslipidemia tends to resolve. Blood pressure tends to be reduced. Um, and re- we also see reductions in, in inflammation. Um, and, and so one of the reasons for this is, is that we're, we're, re- we're improving um, insulin resistance, but also ketones are now known to act as hormones um, and have signaling properties that re- reduce both uh, oxidative stress a- as well as inflammation. And so, this has been shown in a number of studies now that white blood cell count and C-reactive protein markers of inflammation uh, will will be reduced as well.
1: So, is the are you tracking all of these kind of factors when a patient onboards and goes through the system that um, are you doing sort of a blood analysis on everyone or get getting them to do home testing themselves for different levels or factors or DEXA scans? Um, is there sort of other, other imaging or testing that happens when, when they start the system with you?
0: A great, great question. So, I'll, let me talk first about what we do commercially, and then I'll talk about the, the clinical trial. So, the short answer is that there are a few things that we do commercially, and there's much, much more that we do in the context of, of, our, of our clinical trial, where we're mm-hmm. really trying to prove this out in, in a way that's suitable for for publication and, and for kind of a deep dive. Um, in a commercial setting, we're asking people to do a blood draw before they begin VERTA so that our physicians and their physician can take a look at their baseline. Uh, metabolic factors. So it's, it's, you know, pretty simple blood panel, pretty standard blood panel. We also ask people to do an, an EKG, uh, so that we can, uh, check for, um, their cardiac, uh, health. Uh, and then what they're monitoring on an ongoing basis is a few things at home and and then a few things that we ask them to, to do as, as a follow-up, uh, uh, laboratory test. So at home, they're getting daily weights off a cell-enabled scale. They're also monitoring both glucose and ketones through a finger prick blood test on a daily basis. Um and they're inputting into that information into the app along with some indicators of uh of um their behavior change. Um and now in the clinical trial setting, um we're asking people to do you know much more. That's where we're doing things like carotid ultrasounds and DEXA scans and advanced blood testing.
1: And uh, you recently published a uh, a big paper in a journal, didn't you, For as a company, or from the research that, that you guys have been doing?
0: Yeah, so we undertook back in the summer of 2015, the largest clinical trial to look at a remote care and nutritional ketosis combined um, uh, therapy for type 2 diabetes and prediabetes. And so this enrolled nearly 500 people and we worked with Indiana University Health on this trial. We now have all of our patients um uh last year passed the first year of of care. And so what we did for this publication in Diabetes Therapy was to um summarize you know, kind of all of the information on on our patients at one year and and share those results. Um we now have other publications underway, including one in press on cardiovascular outcomes, another paper submitted on liver outcomes. Um, and we'll be reporting the two-year outcomes of the trial, uh, as those become available. But the paper in, in diabetes therapy on the one-year type two diabetes outcomes really looked at a, a couple things and had a couple main points. The, it, it looked at 262 people with type two diabetes who selected the Verda therapy. And then in a non-randomized way, we had another 87 people who were getting the usual care, working with a endocrinologist and a certified diabetes educator. And we were not intervening in their therapy. They were just being monitored to see kind of how do people typically do uh, in central Indiana when they have diabetes over a year. And so both in our Verda treatment setting, as well as the folks on usual care, had, were, were fairly sick. They were, um, a, average time of type 2 diabetes of, of eight years, average age of mid fifties, um, o- obesity, um, average BMI of 40 in, in our intervention group. So people coming in with a fair amount of, um, of metabolic disease. What we showed with the Virta group was that we were able to retain a high percentage. So 83% stayed with the intervention for a year. The, Hemoglobin A1c was reduced uh, 1.3%, uh, and so that meant that 70% of people were able to get in the sub-diabetes uh, glycemic control range, um, and 60% of people were able to do that without any specialized medication. So the, removing all diabetes medications except metformin, 60% of people were able to achieve glycemic control off meds. They lost, on average, 12% of their weight, so about 30 pounds. Um, And so those were kind of the main outcomes, were glycemic control, um, off medication, and with reduction in weight, and then a whole series of other biomarkers that I mentioned. uh, We've demonstrated improvement um, in inflammation and dyslipidemia. Now, one thing that's kind of important to note is that a a 1.3% reduction in A1c may sound like a small amount for people who aren't familiar with the field. But mm-hmm. it really is, it, w- the way that I think about it is it's really a hundredfold better than what we see with usual care. And our usual care, our small usual care group was pretty typical of what's been reported by others, which is that type 2 diabetes rarely goes into remission. So Kaiser had a study of over a 100,000 people where they reported a one-year remission rate of type 2 diabetes of less than half of 1%. Um Whereas we're seeing, you know, seventy percent achieving glycemic control, sixty percent doing it off of medication except metformin, and so that's really two orders of magnitude better than what you might expect to see um, uh, under usual treatment. So this is,
1: I guess, is there not much research around nutritional ketosis or low carbs for diabetic management? And you you are doing the the like the forerunning research to show that it is okay for for type 2 diabetic patients to
0: to eat low carb right so the you know low carbohydrate approaches um, uh, date back really um, millennia in terms of the most uh, ancestral diets were lower in carbohydrates than a typical western diet today and there were um, diets uh, for certain um, uh, uh, peoples that were ketogenic or ketogenic for at least part of the year. Um, and the diet has been, you know, uh, promoted for weight loss since the mid-1800s uh, with, the, with Banting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it kind of has this long uh, history. But in terms of more recent um, biomedical research, um, th- there are kind of a couple of, of, of key highlights uh, along the way. Uh, one is in the mid-1970s. Uh, Bruce Bistrian, who's one of our scientific advisors for Verda, showed that he could take people uh, with type two diabetes on insulin, bring them into a hospital setting, and by reducing their carbohydrate using a uh, protein sparing modified fast, rapidly remove insulin and re- remove insulin resistance. So he was able to effectively reverse diabetes by um, by carbohydrate restriction. Uh, now that's not a sustainable approach because he was restricting calories in the process as well. Um, and, and so one of the innovations that we've done is to say, rather than having somebody go on a caloric restriction uh, diet, like a shakes or something like that, that just, um, remove carbohydrates, but don't provide sufficient calories is that we actually teach people to eat a higher fat diet from the beginning. So they're shifting away from carbohydrates. Um. But we're not doing it in a way that that promotes uh caloric restriction. So that's one difference. And then if you look at more recent studies, there have been a whole series that have been done by our co founders, Steve Finney and Jeff Volick, um, looking at people with metabolic syndrome and with pre diabetes and small randomized trials um run by Laura Saslau, uh and Rick Hecht out of UCSF uh looking uh at the treatment of diabetes um uh, but these were smaller trials and and so the kind of things that are different about this Vir- this verta trial with indiana university health are one is that we've gone from kind of dozens of people to hundreds of people so we've scaled it a- an order of magnitude and then the second is that we've learned how to do it remote remotely so rather than having people have to come into the clinic uh for their education and follow up we're able to do that through a telemedicine uh approach
1: yeah and that's so handy i'm just thinking where um yeah people like to travel people are busy in life so it's hard to get to doctor's appointments and the benefit of your services this is all done through an app on your phone that we're talking about or text messaging through your phone
0: right the the um you know a couple of points one we wanted to show that this actually was indeed the case and so you could argue that that more in-person uh, touch would be required to have these kind of beneficial effects, so in the trial, we actually set it up to test that. Um, people could opt in it wasn 't randomized, but but our patients who were in the intervention arm of the trial had had um, to select between two modalities of intervention. One was that they could opt for the entirely remote approach, so they get the physician and the health coach um, and the online nutrition and behavior change education, uh, the biometric feedback, the online community, but it 's all done. You know, via, via phone and via remote. The other arm of, of the intervention was to provide all of those things, but also to have people come into the clinic for, uh, classes with the health coach and, um, 10 to 20 of their peers in person and, and to start out doing that every week. And then the, the, um, frequency, uh, drops off so that it becomes every other week and then every month. Uh, and what we saw was that the results were indistinguishable so that both groups did very well. And uh, it didn't appear that the classroom was adding efficacy.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, so uh, you, you would suspect that in-person might have a higher success rate just because there's maybe m- more motivation and people can sort of hide away doing things remotely. But you're saying that the motivation and the follow-up procedures are in place that people do sort of stick with it and get the benefits from this.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, and we can hi- we can hypothesize as to why that is. But I think that a couple of things were, were necessary for that to be the case. One is this connection with the health coach. So you really have an expert there who you can trust. Uh, the second is that the online education that we provide is, is outstanding. So people are really learning, uh, the key kind of things that they need to know to navigate our modern, um, food environment, uh, where you're trying to Uh, acquire your macronutrient, you know, contents in a very different way than most people do, which is challenging. And so, but we're doing a, we're doing a very good job of teaching people the, the life skills, uh, to do that. And then the third thing I'd say is the biometric feedback, uh, we believe is an important component. So people are measuring, um, a number of things on a daily basis. I mentioned weight. They're also measuring glucose and beta hydroxybutyrate in the blood. So a marker of nutritional ketosis. So people know on a daily basis am I achieving nutritional ketosis or, or not? And, you know, if not, then what changes might I need to make, you know, in order to see a better result the next day? And then they're also reporting on um, mood, energy, hunger, and cravings on a daily basis on a four-point scale. And so people kind of are thinking back, oh, okay, over the last 24 hours, um, was I having more cravings or was I feeling, you know, more um, restricted in my energy than uh, perhaps I was on a prior day. And so that's all information, excuse me, that's helpful for the patient as they think through the, the, the challenges of success. It's helpful for the coach, the health coach in terms of monitoring the outcomes. And See. then it goes, then it goes also into a data science component, uh, which is behind Verta Health. Uh, so there's a whole layer uh, of software, um, and, uh, data science and data engineering. It's helping us to prioritize patients. And so those, Um, daily markers of success are very important
1: okay so you're kind of getting people excited about biohacking and being quantified self-monitoring on 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 themselves and demystifying numbers and not making it too hard or too scary or not understandable
0: yeah i think that it's the you know that um as you mentioned i have been doing quantified self for a while and you know i think that's great for people who are really into it to kind of dig in and you know read a lot of papers and figure out how to do their own self testing what we try to do at verda is is like you said demystify all that so we're trying to basically say let's make this very you know simple uh for people and so you know let's make the um the feedback loop uh informative uh let's measure something that matters uh let's present the data back to people in a way that's easily digestible for rapid decision making so that they're not having to kind of invent the whole biohack themselves they're being provided with with the finished product
1: yes and they've got a template and as long as they just input the right points then you can assist them and and do very it sounds very very silicon valley data mine them and help assess them and and know who's maybe going in the wrong direction at higher risk and you need to maybe ping a health coach i guess to intervene a bit more so yeah, I think that, yeah
0: the the sort of silicon Valley kind of part behind this um, is is that as we scale the the intervention it's it's easy for one health coach to do that with a small number of people and look at the raw data themselves if they have a small number of people. but as you want to try to scale that intervention and have one health coach take care of hundreds of people in a very effective way, you have to make it you know easy for that coach to rapidly prioritize uh, their patients and um, uh, know that the intervention they're providing, which can be as simple as a text message, but to know that that actually is an, is efficacious. Um, and and so having a whole layer of data science behind you. And so in the same way that there's a user interface for the patient, the app, there's also a user interface for the clinician, both for the health coach as well as the physician.
1: And when you were talking about the uh, taking your own sugar levels, your glucose levels and your ketone levels, Do you as a company provide the patient then with a a monitor or do you end up recommending a monitor to them? Because it sounds like they have to have a monitor to be able when they enroll in the system.
0: Yeah, we provide a uh, monitor that's part of a starter kit that comes in the mail to anybody who enrolls in Verda. And there's a video on our website of one of our patients, uh, Wilma and her patient journey. And, and so there's, you'll see in that, um, the establishment of her relationship with her physician, Jeff Stanley and her health coach, uh, Catherine Metzger. And they also show Wilma opening this, this box and that box essentially is the starter kit for Verda, And it includes things like the glucometer and ketone meter.
1: Okay. Um, cause yeah, people already be thinking, Oh dear, what happens if I don't have one? Can I actually do this? But yeah, we provide said-
0: that. We provide the disposables as well. So we will, you know, resupply when people have used up all of their glucose and ketone strips, they'll, um, just, uh, tap a button in the app and and it resupplies.
1: Okay. That's cool. And when you were talking about nutritional ketosis, um, and we've been talking about insulin resistance too, because I've had, you know, Dr. Ben Bickman on, and we had an interesting point there about nutritional ketosis and the magic number of Mm 0.5. And he was saying recently at the low carb uh, Beckenridge, that it was being talked about that maybe we don't have to achieve 0.5 to say the word nutritional ketosis. Is that also what Verta is following, or are you? Do you want the patients to be 0.5 millimolar and above with their ketone levels?
0: It's a great question, and I, I agree with with Ben that that it, it's a bit of an arbitrary number. And what we saw in our clinical trial was that at 70 days in. Our, our average laboratory measured ketone value was a bit over 0.5 on average. So 0.6. And then, and then over at a year, it falls a bit where it's closer to, you know, I think 0.38 or 0.4. Um, and, and so not everybody is in quote unquote nutritional ketosis all the time in terms of being above, uh, 0.5. But if you look at, at a population that is not restricting carbohydrates, their level of beta hydroxybutyrate in the blood will be somewhere between you know, just above zero or perhaps point one. Um and, and I think in our clinical trial it was 0.17 or something like that. So so out at a year, uh, although people may not be at this magic number of 0.5, they're double or triple uh what they would be if they weren't restricting carbohydrates. And so I think that there is a likely a um, sliding scale in terms of the the degree of benefit. So perhaps to get some of these hormonal or signaling effects of ketones you might need to be up above uh, 0.5 and that's kind of where that number comes from it's from animal studies what levels do you need to be at to see some of these hormonal effects um but even if you're not achieving that all the time you're still substantially using fat for fuel fueling uh, brain cells with ketone bodies and and seeing benefit um mm-hmm. so so we you know we see that our patients who are achieving elevated ketone levels are succeeding, whether or not they're hitting this magical 0.5 number or not.
1: Okay, so because that's that was the interesting point we touched on. That I I, I also felt that um, once you go into the low carb um, rabbit hole and you start researching ketones and everything, that it's there could be a bit of a pressure thinking I have to achieve this 0.5 number, and especially a patient who's already metabolically sick and trying to get well. I, I guess it. They might they might feel more pressurized to try hit that 0.5 number, but they, but it sounds like they don't have to as long as they're making ketones, then they're moving in the right direction, and Virta would be be happy.
0: Yeah. So the health coach is establishing a relationship with a patient that includes both this kind of very informational feedback loop, but also an emotional feedback loop. And so when you're coaching someone um you have to kind of have the nuance of understanding what does that person need to succeed and and so um and and, and so part of that is saying hey you know look we're going to we're going to figure this out and um if somebody like for instance is getting a ketone level of 0.1 or or 0.2 and they're several weeks into the program there there's probably uh something that they can do better in terms of their nutritional choices so for instance one of the things we find are are hidden carbohydrates so carbohydrates that are sneaking into a meal that you may not, not realize. Um, so just to give some examples would be, you know, an o- overconsumption of, of nuts. If you're having nuts as a snack and particularly something like cashews, uh, people think about that as nuts, but they're actually seeds and they're actually relatively high in carbohydrates. So just having a mixed nuts that has cashews, that can be your, your, your trip up. Um, we also find that people will tend to overconsume protein. So we recommend a moderate protein diet. Uh, protein can be converted, or some of the amino acids could be converted in, into glucose by gluconeogenesis. And so that also can result in, you know, blocking nutritional ketosis. And so sometimes what the coach is doing is saying, okay, you know, what might it be in your dietary choices that, that could lead you to a greater degree of success? Um, but then also it's being patient with people and being supportive of people um, and, and and knowing that not everybody has to have uh, a high number all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And so is that, um, from what it sounds like too, are these some of the goals that you give patients? So they originally would come just to say, I want to feel better, but you give them sort of these measures like, has your waist circumference come down? Has your hip-to-waist uh, measurement ratio improved? Um, your glucose numbers are better now. Um, ketones are a little bit up. Are these some of the the like goals that you would educate pay- people or give them to say, hey, look, you're making progress with our system?
0: Yeah, exactly. So the the coach is working with people to individualize the the, the treatment offering, and that's another kind of lever of technology is that we can uh, make it work in many different settings. So we're not recommending sort of a one size fits all approach. The nutritional recommendations are individualized for people's metabolic health, also for people's. Uh, dietary selections so if somebody um, is cooking a lot of meals versus somebody who eats out a lot somebody who is uh, cooking just for themselves versus cooking for a large family or uh, different religious and ethnic backgrounds different food choices um, like vegetarian you know we can uh, adapt um, our recommendations to suit you know all of these um, uh, different individuals
1: that's interesting so yeah it you it's not just one set prescription. You can work with lots of different um, nutritional lifestyles that people would like to follow. Yeah, and, exactly. just, and just to optimize yeah, and, it. And
0: so the health coach then is also selecting different modules and saying, okay, we're going to focus on glycemic control for the next few weeks, or we're going to focus on ketone production for the next few weeks. Um, as people get further out in the uh, verta intervention, in the Verda treatment, things shift from this kind of Factual relay of information to make sure that you're making, you know, the right n- nutritional recommendations. Um, things get more diverse the further out you go. So we begin to concentrate more on other factors like exercise or sleep, um, or stress. And particularly as we get out beyond six months, people have largely figured out the nutritional ketosis part of things by then. They, they know a lot. They've kind of gotten a graduate degree education and in, in nutrition by that point um but what they need help with are things like um uh uh psychological issues like depression or stress um or um life events um tend to be quite important so somebody might be on track but then there'll be a disruption uh, a loss of a job a death in the family a move or it could be even a beneficial thing like some like a marriage in the family but anything that li- that results in people of taking their eye off of their own health and prioritizing something else in life uh they'll need to reset if they've had if they've gotten off track um and so we're troubleshooting these kind of larger life issues um so as we get out beyond six months it becomes in some ways more of a life coach as opposed to a nutrition coach
1: yeah that's what i was just about to ask because to then start coaching people with um, how they can optimize their sleep and how that affects their health condition, psychological uh, things, best way to exercise. Wow, that's and this is all that will keep carrying on with the service once they get to a, a particular level.
0: Yeah, so we've designed Verda to be a continuous um, intervention, so that we the treatment um, initially we're looking at at one year and we ask people to make at least a one year commitment um it, when they join verda so we are we're, we're not interested in coaching somebody for a month um or providing the treatment for a month um so a year and then out beyond a year um we offer Verta on an ongoing basis and so and it's a reduced price point at, for the second year and third year because the treatment is is less um uh you know um intensive intensive thank you yeah um and, and, but our corporate clients are, are building that into their contracts. So they're selecting, yes, I want to keep people with this for, you know, a second and, and third year.
1: Well, I, li- I like that because, um, yeah, people will, n- will need continual coaching. And as you said, lifestyles change or situations change. And I guess what's the, another benefit I'm hearing here is that they're able to, t- to have access to a health coach and be able to say hey look you know this is going on in my life and um maybe now because i'm educated on all these other biomarkers i can see something's going wrong here or i'm starting to fall into a bad habit and this is where you can have that touch point and then try to steer them back onto a better path so that they don't fall back into that bad metabolic state again
0: yeah that, that's exactly right
1: yes okay great and I guess uh, we haven't touched on the one part but um as with any new enterprise or venture there are some criticisms and i was trying to just do a little bit of research as to why would someone not like verta um so i'm sure you've come sure up, so i'm sure you've seen some of these and I, I did find it interesting that um there is one particular doctor online who I who i read that he's um saying how verta has a canary in the gold mine or in the coal mine here and that that low carb diets creates more deaths in the long term Uh, so it's quite inflammatory in one hand stance um and i just wondered do you have sort of some like answer or um way that you would say like no don't worry being on a low carb diet you're not going to die early
0: yeah i think there's no evidence for that the the that kind of dates back to The diet heart hypothesis of the 1950s, um, and this idea that saturated fat would raise cholesterol, which would result in clogging of the arteries, which would result in uh, a heart attack. And we know mechanistically that that's not correct, that there's actually, um, there's one meta-analyses showing that saturated fat is not a risk factor in either cardiac death or overall morbidity and mortality. Second, that the Cholesterol component of this hypothesis is all messed up. There are people with low cholesterol that die of heart attacks. There's people with high cholesterols that are, you know, very healthy. And we know now that the better markers of cardiac disease, um, heart attacks and strokes is actually insulin resistance, um, uh, shown by type two diabetes, uh, dyslipidemia, uh, waist circumference, obesity, all these markers that trend with insulin resistance are actually the best correlated markers for uh, cardiac disease Um, and and so i think there's really zero indication that he is correct
1: Mm, i'm sure you've read that article so uh. yeah (laughs) um and another when you were talking earlier about a vegetarian or vegan i'm going to have a guest on who is a keto vegan and um, I, i haven't done too much research myself with that but that would be interesting how do you minimize Excessive carbohydrates when you're a vegetarian. Um, it, has that been a challenge for Verta?
0: Yeah, I, uh, there's a blog post on our website. So if you go to vertahealth.com/blog, there's how to do Verta as a, a vegetarian or a vegan. Uh, there are quite a number of patients who are vegetarians. There's quite a number of Verta employees who are vegetarians, and and so that tends to be relatively easy uh, to to do if if you're um, eliminating meat, but, but are able to include, um, you know, other sources of, of, of uh, protein and fat in, in your diet. It's a little more tricky for somebody who's vegan, but it's doable. Um, and, uh, I think Carrie Dialis uh, in, in Ohio is a physician who's, uh, a vegan, um, uh, 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 ketogenic, uh, person, uh, who, who she's going to be some... one
1: my guest coming up.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So she has some, um, you know she's provided a lot of information on how she does that it, it it gets a little more tricky in terms of making sure that you're getting you know adequate fat in the diet um and and adequate um uh, micronutrients um but it's but it's but it is very achievable
1: okay and with Verta now having access to all these biometric markers I would love to to know are you going to be doing th- You mentioned you've got in publication the cardiovascular one coming up because when everyone, Mm -hmm. well, as you're probably aware, there's a lot of people who go low-carb, more higher fat, healthy fat, and their cholesterol numbers do Mm -hmm. change. And so this, so you're Mm going to have data now to interpret that a bit more or maybe even use the information like um, Dave Feldman is finding out about cholesterol. Are you going to sort of end up doing more uh, data mining in that sense there?
0: Yeah, the, so we've already reported in the paper that's already published in diabetes therapy, sort of the, the standard lipid panel of, of HDL, LDL, total cholesterol, um, triglycerides. What the next paper does is it uses the data from the NMR lipoprofile as well as reporting, uh, ApoB, ApoA1, uh, and we're able to look at all the various, uh, ratios. And, and so what we're generally seeing is that, um, the, atherogenic dyslipidemia is resolving, and that's shown by a reduction in triglycerides and, and a rise in HDL. We also see concomitant with that rise in HDL um, a, a modest rise in overall cholesterol and, and LDL. And so, but the next paper will largely show is that that is a, a beneficial change in terms of the way in which um, the um, all of the markers are are moving um, in terms of the subfractions. Of LDL, so you know, in general, we're not concerned about the rise that we're seeing in LDL in the context of all of these other beneficial changes. Um, mm-hmm. And and largely, I think that recent papers have shown that LDL in isolation um, is is not a particularly good marker um, for uh, for cardiovascular disease. That these marks, LDL particle number or um, APO-B or APO-B to APO-A1 ratio, um, as well as just the markers of atherogenic dyslipidemia are much more important uh, in terms of cardiovascular health.
1: Well, I think it's going to be nice that you're going to have data to help people see that it's I'm guessing it's a little bit random at times where you'll have a percentage of people who, well, as Dave says, Dave Feldman says, are hyper responders, some who aren't, some who are. And you as you build up more data, you'll be able to maybe, and data mine using the Silicon Valley method, go like, oh yeah, we can see X. um ex- if someone does this, they tend to fall into that category. Or if they do this, they fall into that category. But we can look at other metabolic markers and go, it's okay, it's fine, you're not going to put yourself at at risk here. And this yeah. is a this is a, again I can see another benefit. Now I'm just thinking off the top of my head that if someone's going low carbohydrate healthy fat for the first time bec- through your system, they will have contact with a health professional who understands the diet, who can and if they get a, a blood test back and it's come back with higher cholesterol and they stop f- freaking out that they have a point of contact to go am I doing the wrong thing, right thing? I'm scared. Now, and you'll be able to give them guidance
0: on that. Exactly. So, having a physician who really understands this is is key. And our physician can both work with the patient and the health coach in terms of the interpretation of information. And we also can communicate back to, and we do communicate back to the primary care physician to say, okay, here we're six months in or a year in, and you know, and here's the results that we're seeing, and, and here's our interpretation, uh, you know, of those results. And in general, the the primary care docs are super excited about the results that we're achieving that that they're seeing. But their patients are much healthier, um, and and so they, you know, if they start skeptical, they become fans um, after you know four months or six months uh, in, in in into the the interaction with Verda. I, I think that it's interesting you brought up the work that Dave Feldman is doing. I think that's probably the best example of a quantified self experiment that's really changed uh, the knowledge base of biomedical science. And so what I would hope is that folks who are in um, the, the lipid field would take a look at Dave's work and, and replicate that, um, in a formalized, you know, clinical trial with, with larger numbers of individuals. Um, and because I think that he, what he's shown anecdotally and with, you know, a quanti- just sort of n equals one and then n equals, I forget how many people he's had that he's gathered data from, but it's been done in an informal way. And, and what he's largely shown is that, that people are using fat for fuel and that that's the main driver. Of the lipid profile um, in the context of ketosis um, is you know not a dyslipidemia but rather an indication of how people are uh, driving their their metabolic fueling of the body
1: mm-hmm. so I'm sure everyone listening to this right now if you if they do have some sort of metabolic condition and they live in the u s they're pretty excited because they want to s- sign up for the service um, do you have any particular um i'm sorry you are they like different packages that come with the service um does do people's health care insurance cover these or is it an out-of-pocket expense
0: yeah great great question so for employers um who provide this as, as an offering or health plans that provide this as an offering it's lar- it's what most employers have decided to do is is provided as a fully covered benefit so for people, for instance, at Nielsen or Purdue University, they're receiving this, um, you know, from their m- employer. They're not having to pay additional out-of-pocket and they're not having to worry about sort of every time I'm in touch with my health coach, there's an additional charge or something. Mm-hmm. It's all just one uh, lump sum, one one package uh, for direct to consumer or direct to patient. Um, it's on the order of $370 a month for the first year, and then it's reduced, uh, for the second year. And currently that's, that's out of pocket, but we hope to see that changing as insurers come on board. Um, and so we're working with the employers and health plans first, and, and then, um, you know, moving into having this as a covered benefit, uh, through insurance. And so I think that's what you'll see kind of over time as our levels of proof become, uh, even, even better. Um, and as there's more of a, a track record of, of working um, with with payers
1: and yeah uh, you need numbers at the end of the day for insurance companies because that's what their data guys need to, to then go okay actually this financially is better for us to fund this versus something else so we'll, we will cover this exactly yeah, yeah. That, that's great so um Jim, what are the ways that people can either keep following you or keep' or get in touch with Verta
0: Sure. So the website is vertahealth.com. And we have um, a, a blog that is coming out with new articles every week. And there's a sign up if you just start reading one of the blog articles, it'll ask you, do you want to sign up and you can provide your email and, and get on our mailing list. Uh, we're on Twitter at Vertahealth. And at I'm on Twitter at uh, JP McCarter. And so I'm generally tweeting about um, you know things related to uh, nutritional ketosis, uh, as, as well as telemedicine and other kind of issues that are uh, relevant to, to verta health.
1: Great, and as I mentioned way back at the beginning of this, you're a fan of quantified self, and I have an idea of having a follow up podcast to this p- to talk about your own personal health story and what you've discovered. Um, I think that would be fascinating to, because you've been doing long term ketosis too. So I'd love to maybe pick your brains about that and what you've discovered.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that. And that was part of my journey that resulted in my joining Verda three years ago was this uh, personal experience. I was several years into nutritional ketosis by that point already. And, and so I had an idea of the metabolic changes I'd seen in myself and, um, you know, believed that we could demonstrate in a large-scale clinical trial that, that this worked not just for N equals one, but N equals first hundreds and then thousands and eventually millions of people.
1: Mm. well i look forward to picking your brains on that one to share those uh, knowledge bombs with everyone
0: excellent great thanks so much for coming on thank you gary really appreciate it